Hey everybody, this is Heather, and you're listening to Simply Healed with Heather Leonard. Today's episode is called What's Really Hurting You? And I have so many different topics I kind of want to tie into this theme. So many things keep popping up as always in my world, so I think that they're meant to be talked about. Um, So here we go, guys. Thanks for joining. So I have a little nugget of truth to drop on you today, and I don't want to hit you too hard right in the face right off the bat here, but um, I feel like many of us know so little about our own worlds because people are not honest and authentic with us. So we think we know, we think we have like this inner knowledge of, you know, like what people's situations are behind closed doors, what's going on like in our business um, dealings, what's going on with all of our friends and family. But the reality is even amongst close friends and family and loved ones, a lot of people keep their stuff pretty tight to the vest and you might not you might be dealing with some smoke and mirrors is what i'm saying which is scary right you i want to believe that everybody's authentic and in their own truth and really giving me 100% honesty all the time and what you see is what you get and i keep getting told by people all the time that i'm wearing my heart on my sleeve making myself too vulnerable and so Part of me wants to defend my stance because, listen, I'm going to just give my heart fully all in into every relationship and interaction with with people around me. And then if I get burned, so be it. Because the idea of living in a fear space to me is more terrifying than just believing what people say to be truth and then getting burned. You know, you have to kind of make that list of like what's more important to you, like living a life in caution and missing out on like the real fun and the real like surprises in life and the beauty and the love and all those things that are terrifying. (laughs) You know, I don't want to, I don't want to forsake all of those things to live in a safety zone, right? This fear-based safety zone of making sure that I don't ever really fully trust what people tell me, keeping my guard up, um, being afraid to jump all in because what ifs, what ifs, you could what if yourself to death. You could what if yourself into your grave. And I'm not about that. I'm about fully living every moment to its fullest. If I get hurt, so be it. But oh, people like me do land on their face a lot. <laughs> it's true. Um, and so the other thing I really want to get at today is like keeping up appearances is what's hurting people. You know, it's like the question of, what keeps you stuck, right? What's what's really hurting you? All right, let me get into this. So what I'm saying is, I think the reason that like you can't always take people at face value is because some people care so much about what other people think of them that they're living in this false reality. They are willing to go along with a show and a, you know, everybody thinks my marriage is perfect. Everybody thinks my, my um, wallet is full. Everybody thinks that I'm so giving and everybody thinks I'm this great um, teacher, coach, whatever it is. I don't know. I see it all the time. And it's like, put put that mask down for a minute and be vulnerable. Like, I mean, I'm very willing to tell pretty much everything about myself to somebody who's willing to ask and care. Um, And it's not because... I'm naive. I understand that people can take information and hurt you. I understand that when you give all of yourself and you feel like you're pouring in to people that you will oftentimes get hurt because you're not going to be able to get that back because not everybody's coming from that same vulnerable space. Um, But what I'm encouraging you to do is realize that sometimes the keeping up of the appearances 
is what's getting you stuck. Because what you dream of and what you want is just on the other side of fear. You know, it's right on the other side of that door that you're unwilling to open to the unknown. And so um, I started, was it two years ago, with a with a sort of like a motivational, I mean, she's like a mindset coach as much as anything. I was didn't even expect that. I was signing up to learn how to podcast, actually. It was a few years back. And, um, and I ended up learning so much about like fear-based living and like really how stuck so many people are because they're just so afraid of that unknown step. And like, if I take that step, what if, what if, what if, what if, you know? Um, and that's what's hurting people. Like if you're feeling fearful inside, you should be more afraid of the life you're not living than the one that you are, right? Like, I mean, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that, right? You should be more afraid of missing out on the opportunity of a better life is what I'm saying. That's what I'm trying to say. I said that all wrong. You know where I'm going with this. Like never having tried to dip your toe in, how would you even know? There's so many people sitting with this bucket list. Oh, I hate bucket lists. I hate the to-dos. I hate the, like all the things you would, would love to do, or maybe someday will do, or you put on your goal list or your aspirations enough. It's today. You have today. So start doing it. It's like, listening to people talk about these hopes and desires and things they've shelved like oh yeah someday i'd love to write a book what we'll start writing like what how are you ever going to get there you just want to like die with this list of things that you would have loved and that you had the talent to do and you never dared to dip your toe in it's like come on do it um i was encouraging my facebook group um with all my clients yesterday of um trying to find a way so in 2024 i was fully all in on this new me version who is going to basically no longer talk the talk, but really walk the walk. I really wanted to see 2024 to see these dreams fulfilled. Stop saying like, I'm going to do this, right? So how am I going to do that? Well, as soon as I started trying to make these things happen for myself, I kept getting faced with these really ugly truths, which are, unless I change, I can't become different. Like you can't ever get to this new you version without having to face ugly realities about yourself. Like the shadow versions, I don't know how many of you like pay attention to sort of these shadow and light versions of yourself, but everybody's got both, right? And if you don't start digging through some of the dirty things, <laughs> you're never going to be really different. And the problem is those are the hard things. Very easy to just say, all right, I'm going to like, this is what I was saying to the group yesterday is a lot of people are like afraid to go out and you know, they're widows, widowers. They're afraid to get back out with people again. It's too overwhelming. It's too much. You know, the one thing I do know for certain is yes, your house feels more safe. It feels like I, it's predictable here. It's comfortable. But the problem is it's comfortable, but you're miserable. You're lonely. You're sad. Now what you're afraid of on the other side of that door is terrifying to the grieving human. <laughs> Let me just tell you, those first few steps out there by yourself into the world, into like situations where other happy and love couples might be, where people taking their love for granted and, you know, not valuing what they have. Those are ugly truths that people are telling me every day. I can't face that. That's too much. That's overwhelming. I will literally crumble. But it's that fear and anxiety about that step when you're you're ending up looking at the entire mountain range and you're fearful because you have a long, I almost swore, sorry. <laughs> you have a long way to climb. And um, 
when you are letting that overwhelm take over because you're seeing all that sits before you and looking at the long-term goal of going back out with other couples and stuff, that's too much. I will tell you right now, you'll never take that first step if you keep looking at the whole range. You need to just think about the very next step. That very next step is not usually very scary. There's usually some solid ground there. You can see how big the step needs to be. You know, you know what's around you. It's it's already lit. <laughs> um, it doesn't seem monumental, but it's big because that first step is the first action towards getting to the peak of that mountain. But until you're willing to take that first step, you're just going to stay inside your home in a fear-based situation and think, I can't do that. So if this is about leaving a job and going out and starting your own company, it's terrifying. I'm going to have to give up my security. How am I going to pay my bills? I only have enough to cover next month. Whatever people are convincing themselves is too astronomical to take that step is the very thing keeping you from ever getting to the peak. Because, yes, sure, all of those what-ifs could happen, but you don't need to worry about next month's bills. You need to worry about tomorrow, today. Like, what, what is the immediate now? You know, what's that impact? And what it is, is it's freedom. You just cut free the thing that was tying you down and anchoring you to a life that was making you not so happy. So yes, it's scary that there are all these unknowns and what if I don't get a job in time to be able to pay that or maybe I don't get my first sale. So then maybe, yeah, you buffer a little bit. You try to like do a little side hustle while you're still keeping your job as like a safety net so that you can start to have a little, you know, and after a few months, you'll have enough saved up to have another month's Um, bills paid or whatever it is. But if you don't take any kind of action step, the only thing guaranteed is that you're never going to change your current situation. And that is terrifying, right? Because all of these possibilities, these beautiful realities that exist for you, you might never even get to like see, (laughs) you know, you're never going to know. And that is to me the biggest loss is to to die with a list like that of all of the things that, yeah, I should have tried that. You know, that's, that's not good. Um, you know, if how others perceive you is driving any element in your life, you're missing out on something. You know, you get one go at this so-called life, right? <laughs> Don't squander it. You know, what's crazy is that the version you're putting out there isn't authentic if you're worried about what someone else thinks. And then you're not truly happy, you know, and then that's felt in those interactions. Because when you feel good to your core, people remember you. And what's more, they admire and they respect you. Right? Where's this stuff come from? This is the crazy part. Where does all this like protection around image come from? You're not going to love to hear this, but because it's the same echo that we hear all the time. It's probably our childhood. You know, maybe um, childhood stuff where like, this isn't mental health advice, by the way, guys. But there's probably a reason that tracks back to those formidable years of trying to get validation from our parents that probably wasn't there or, you know, that kind of thing. So if you think about it, this is like a long thread that carries back into like when we were little, that we want to be accepted. We want to be praised. We want to be respected. We know we work our butts off day in and day out. We want people to look at our life and go, dang, look at this person. Look what they've accomplished and done. They're independently successful in all areas of their life, in their business, in their family, in their, you know, relationships, whatever. Like you want, people want to be seen as someone who's got their stuff together. And it 
really needs to come from a self-love that, you know, if I lost it all tomorrow and I was forced into a tent and I had nothing but the clothes on my back and my kids, I mean, as long as it was a warm tent and my kids had food in their stomachs, I'd be pretty proud of myself. And this has taken me some time because trust me, I was somebody who was always, I was the younger sibling. My mom's going to laugh because I know she listens to this podcast, but it's true. As the younger sibling, she will, she will say hands down, she saw this in me from a young age. I had an older brother who was very accomplished, very smart, very athletic. And as the younger sibling, I was always trying to be like, look at me. Like literally we have photos of like be photo bombing and like, like just like looking for that attention and approval. And like, it was like, okay, they would say to him, oh, you need ketchup? Go up to the counter and ask the lady behind the counter. And he'd be like, what? No, I don't want to do that. And I'd be like, I'll do it because in me, if any time I saw somewhere where he was a little cautious or not sure if he was like ready for that step, I wanted to prove that I could get there first. I wanted to get that approval. Um, and it's because I think as the older sibling, he was challenged first to do these things. Like even if I needed something, they might have said to him, hey, would you go up to the counter? Because they thought he was age-wise ready for it first, probably, you know, they were going to push him to try to do. And yet I always was like, but me, I could do that. I can do, you know, trying to find my opportunity or my window to shine. And so it did develop a personality in me where like, I think I was driven my whole life. I wanted, I had something to prove or show. I always wanted to, and this is just birth order. This wasn't like my parents neglect over me. They were proud of me when I did things. They, you know, told me that they were proud of me, but there was this part of me that always was like trying to keep up with someone else who I looked up to and admired and I knew he was doing well and getting praise. And I wanted to also find my way in that, my own personal strengths and ways where I just shone, you know, and had my own light that was being admired. And so everything I've done my whole life, like everything from sports to academics, I've always been like trying to be that overachiever. Like if it was I even remember, this is funny, this just came up recently because I'm going through old stuff and throwing away like diplomas and yearbooks and like, what do you do with this stuff? I don't know. But anyway, um, <laughs> so as I was like weeding through things, it came to me that, um, sorry, I just got distracted because my slobbery little dog entered the room and I had to get him to kind of tuck off on the side because he's so loud. Um, but it came to me that when I graduated, I remember... Um, it was probably like the last month of school. I feel like if you guys can remember back to high school, you are done, I think, in May, but technically graduation's not till June. But you've already gotten your college acceptance letters. All of these things are like all wrapped up already. So you, the end and the finals and everything that you have to go through are almost like for nothing. <laughs> Even if you failed everything, unless you're going to fail out of that class, you've already been accepted to where you're going or whatever. They don't matter. But even then, I didn't, I don't know if I didn't realize it or I still just had to like make sure I kept my grade up to that highest level possible. And I did my finals where a lot of kids just skip school, didn't do it, whatever. I still did it. And this is just, oh, sorry about the dog. This is just my personality. Um, I could never leave something just unfinished like that and just not put my all in right through to the end bothers me like to this day. So I have my own growth is where I'm going with this whole story is that these are the things that we need to personally go after changing within ourselves to see a different 
you, a new 2024 version, this upgraded whatever, of like actually seeing through these action steps. So to just sit back and go, oh, I'm going to be different. Um, okay, great. Those are words. These are not things that are actually going to challenge you. What I'm saying is to do the uncomfortable shadow work on yourself, which means finding these little quirks about yourself. Things like me wanting to hide behind an image of having it all together all the time and allow people to see that I'm human, allow people to see me fall on my face from time to time and that things fall apart and that it's not all perfect. And, you know, like there are friends of mine and I don't, I don't love to like talk about other people's stuff, but examples are the best way to see this are I have friends on Facebook who post daily their entire life. If they put together a gift for teachers, they want to post it on there. So everybody sees this beautiful thing. It wasn't just a gift that was given to the teacher to be thankful to the teacher, but they also want the world to see them in the light of the perfect parent or the perfect, you know, if you're looking for that validation from outside sources, there's something within you that needs to be fixed around your self-confidence, right? You shouldn't be doing these things to get the validation from others. Um, You know, there's this quiet humbleness that is so good and feels just so good. You can tell when you're in the presence of somebody who is just quietly humble about themselves. You know that they, they actually have a really rich life. And when I say rich, I'm not talking finances. I mean, like, you know, they're, they have things going right. You know, they're aligned with, like, they are themselves fully authentically. Like, it's admirable. Um, and usually they're the ones that are real quiet about it. You know, you would never know it. That's beautiful. Um, and that's energy that people want to be around. And then I have friends who are still trying and worrying so much, whether it's worrying about how the church will see things or family members who, like, if they take the step of, of getting a divorce or um, quitting this job that they've been at for decades that they've worked so hard to to become in the upper management roles or whatever, just to all start it over and open an ice cream business. Yes, this is a true story. But um, I have a friend who, like, they, they were so successful. They had a gorgeous home, tons of money, um, beautiful family. Everything looked so successful and beautiful. And, like, why would anybody mess with that, right? It's a perfect life on paper. But they always wanted to open an ice cream shop. And so he walked away from this business he had built from the, you know, like worked, not built from the ground up, but he had worked through like from the lower bottom tier, you know, up to the top of this company. And she went to school for physical therapy and to become, you know, she had her master's degree and they left all of that, like right at her graduation too. I'll never forget this, like right as she graduated, they left it all and started an ice cream shop <laughs> like they risked everything but they were so happy they got to work together they were like with people when they were having a fun time and going out to grab an ice cream so they were like in good energy all day and like they took every chance and they knew people were going to call them stupid they knew that this, this was not going to line up with their families people were going to be like what are you doing you have kids that are just about college age like why are you doing this they didn't care. They walked in what was aligned for them and what felt really good. And the blessings that came from that are beyond. Let me just say that. Um, you know, I mean, this is this is the way it is. When you really show up and are brave enough to say, I don't care if I look stupid in front of my peers. I don't care if I fall on my face. I don't care if it doesn't work out. I am willing to just do it because this is me. I'm confident 
in that, that stuff is really what kind of makes you admirable in people's eyes because people are going to look at you and yeah, they might think that's crazy, but they're also thinking, oh, I wish I had that. I wish I could just grab life by the, you know what, and just do it. I wish I could just fully embrace being who I want to be, not just who I fell into or like, you know, okay, so in college I chose to do this instead of that and now I have to live this. No, you don't. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to keep following the same path. Trust me, I have a doctorate that sits on a shelf. I am not doing anything with my doctoral degree these days. I'm not making an ounce of money from it. I don't even like it as a title on my name. I'm going to tell you right now, this is, (laughs) I just don't, I don't even usually tell people it's there. I can't stand it. I, and isn't that funny? I don't even know what that's about. That's a whole nother thing I'll have to dig into. But um, I had this one patient that used to insist on calling me doctor and it used to rub me the wrong way so much. And um, I would try to tell her like, no, please, it's just call me Heather. And it just, ugh. Eesh. Anyway, don't know what that's about, but side story. <laughs> it is just about not even caring if you put tons of money, effort, time, you know, trying to save face, look a certain way, keep up an appearance. People want to know who you are at your core. And that's true in business even. This is true in any single light. It is not like exclusively to like um, your friendships and whatnot. But this is a good time for a break, guys. I'm going to take a quick pause because there's so much more I want to say. What a topic today. Uh, But before that, let me just give you a quick break. So today I want to come back and explain about my $33 monthly subscription for a client-only grief Facebook group. And the reason I want to bring it up is because it's starting to fill up. I can't even believe how many people have been signing up lately, all the excitement around it. And you know what? It is a group that, and the funny part is I have people sign up and then not even, they don't even come into the group. It's like, I don't, you need to use this guys. This is a great thing. If you pay for it, let me just say, cause I know some of my listeners probably fall in this category of paying for it and then forgetting that they're a member, like go in there and look, there are libraries of old posts and lives on everything around grief. Um, there's so much to consume in there and the support and the people, the friendships that are forming, it just warms my heart and there is still room in there and I want you in there if it's something that would help you and you can stop at any time. So you can consume all the stuff if you want in one month for $33 and then be done. So there's really no risk. Um, it's just a lot of fun. It's a great group. We're growing fast in there. We tackle all kinds of things. We get real authentic and um, honest and it's helpful. So if you guys think you could benefit from that, I will drop the link in today's podcast description. All right, right back to the show. So just to kind of round back to this whole darn mountain range, we were talking about how overwhelming it can be. You know, it's also that idea of like comparison because comparison will just like suck you down, right? That idea of the next 1,000 steps will also crush you. But the next step is just not that bad, right? So when we start to like look at other people on their paths, that's like looking at the mountain range. That's like going, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get there. And when you try to just think like you know, at the start of my podcast, great example, I had zero listeners, right? And if you start looking at people, oh my gosh, they already have 2000 downloads. Oh my gosh, they already have, you know, 30,000 listens. Oh my goodness, look at all, they have 
a million subscribers, you can't look at people at the top of their game far down the line and just compare yourself or you're never going to even take that first initial step of just like picking a company. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just it's only one step and it doesn't mean that you'll never get there. Nobody's everybody had to start out with that first step, you know, and this is true in any situation. And it's just killing me, breaking my heart to watch my friends, family, um, my clients who are just standing still and feeling so stuck in their lives because the idea is so overwhelming of that whole mountain range of where they want to be and where they're coming from. Because let's face it, a lot of us have already been knocked into a valley. So we're not even starting from like ground zero here. We're looking at climbing a mountain range when we're down in the depths of the, you know, holes of hell. <laughs> That's what it feels like. It's like we're way down there and we are now looking way up there and shooting for the stars. And that's what it feels like. Sorry about my doggy. He just wants to be a part of the podcast today. But um, yeah, it's just too much. Like stop doing that to yourself. And just think of today. If you have to stay so present, I know I'm like a broken record about staying present. But if you can take a step today towards the outcome you desire, you're going to get there. Because think about that, every day you're gonna take, or every opportunity, you're gonna take another move forward towards it. And I don't, I, the reason I corrected myself is because I don't want you to think of it as like a daily thing, every day I'll do another thing. Because sometimes within a day, three times within that day, I round back to a step that's gonna help me get there. Sometimes there'll be days where I can't give any of my energy to it. And that's okay too, I don't get down on myself and go, oh, See, I'm never going to get there. I just don't have the time for it. No, I get back to the next time I have available time, do it again. And then later in that day, okay, I've got some time tonight. I'm going to do something again. And then tomorrow, no time. That's fine. You know, Friday, I'll do it again and again and again. You know what I mean? That You will get so much further if you stop just getting overwhelmed by the idea of all of the what ifs that could start to fall and crumble. And I'm going to come back to my my friend for a second <laughs> and I realized like I was talking about one friend and I had another friend reach out to me and say after this last podcast hey you were talking about me I said nope I wasn't even thinking about you this is the craziest thing this is how I know that this story is resonating to a lot of people because I'm getting reach outs from people saying hey you were telling my story and I was like nope actually I wasn't you weren't even in my head but um, I'm gonna come to a different friend now in my mind who is standing literally on the cliff oh, my doggy guys I'm so sorry today he's so loud stop it um, standing on the cliff of ready to move into a new phase of her life um, her marriage is is not a thing anymore like she's going through the motions you know in a in a fear-based space but has already checked out personally she's just she's done so um, <laughs> At this point, she's standing on the edge and she is literally talking about the craziest things to me. She's talking about like insurance. <laughs> she's talking about holidays spent apart from her kids. She's talking about what actions the future ex will take against her because they know people and lawyers and um, she's talking about what will the family say because it all fell apart and they didn't try hard enough or they should have done this counseling or that or did they, you know, leave every stone unturned, so to speak. Um, 
she has mentioned to me about um, not knowing how to do her taxes. <laughs> she has mentioned to me about, um, what was some of the other things she said the other day? Um, oh, about not knowing how to balance the checkbook, which kind of made me laugh because everybody should know how to do that. They should be teaching kids this in high school, but it's such a valid concern of so many people. You wouldn't believe how many people in my Facebook group after they lost their spouse, don't know how to write a check or balance a checkbook. Um, I actually do some videos on things like that within my blog because it, it's ridiculous that like these things are sort of like those, it's not even like a, a male, female gender role thing anymore because plenty of women do, It's you know what I'm saying? But there are things like there are men in the group that don't know how to cook dinner. There's also women in the group who don't know how to cook dinner because their husband always cooked. That's what I'm getting at. But there are a lot of functions that like we kind of divide and conquer in our marriages these days. And so one person knows how to do certain things and the other person knows how to do other things. But without the other person, well, I know how to do this. And it is so fear based. But I can tell you after losing my husband that anything that was solely his job, I figured it out. Listen, there's YouTube. <laughs> Google it. I don't know. There are ways. And it's just being so afraid. I actually had a lady who didn't know how to pump her gas. Oh, my God. This is a sad story, actually. I had this happen first in my blog. I had somebody comment to me about not knowing how to pump their gas. And I went through it with them. But then I was actually that same week, and this is right after losing my husband, I was standing at the gas pump. And a woman was just sitting in her car, this elderly woman. And I, as I pumped my gas, I just I, I looked at her looking like she was about to have a panic attack. So I knocked on her window and I asked if she was okay. And she told me my husband passed away recently and I don't know how to pump my own gas and I'm just trying to decide how I'm going to do this. And so, oh, I just got the chills and teary-eyed just thinking about that because it takes me back and I remember that moment of standing there with her. Um, it was an amazing moment for her and I both, but um, we did it together. I showed her how to do it. Um, we talked about a lot of things. I remember giving her my Facebook group information, and so she joined, and she's still in there. I haven't talked to her since. It's crazy. But um, in that moment, we kind of bonded over this, and her vulnerability around admitting that she needed the help was huge. But here's the thing. She didn't step out of the car and ask for the help. I knocked on the window and offered to help. But here is the deal. Both need to happen like we all as human beings need to recognize each other in states of need more and just offer you know because a lot of people won't ask but they need it um because fear can literally keep us frozen in, in our shoes but also we need to learn when it's okay to say right now i don't feel like i have this like can you just i hate even asking for help this isn't in my like but you know what right now i could use a little Sometimes we need to reach beyond our comfort zone and get the help we deserve and it will get us to new spaces. And that for her was that fear-based motion that had to happen. That was the thing, the mountain range. It felt like such a big mountain range. She was looking at the whole thing. I can't figure it out. Well, you know what you do know how to do is step out of your car. <laughs> so let's start with the baby step. You know, what else you know how to do is to open the gas cap, right? Do you know how to do that? All right, let's figure it out. All right, now let's look at the pump. Does it have some explanations on it? There are, there's one, two, three steps right there. Just follow what it tells you to do. You know what I mean? And it was like so terrifying, the whole act of it. And like, and the fact that she, I think she was overwhelmed by the embarrassment of not knowing how to do something that felt like a simple skill to her. 
You know, she was like, I should know how to do this. She kept saying, I was like, it's fine. You could have watched him do it 5,000 times. When I was a kid, I watched my parents drive me from point A to point B a million times. But when I got my own license, I remember being terrified if I knew how to get to basic places I'd been to a million times before because I had never driven the car myself. I was an observer. And it's the act of doing that really makes us feel like skilled at something. So don't worry about it. You just got to drop the worry over like, how will people judge me if I screw it up? Because who cares? I feel like I keep echoing the sentiment and it's because it's only, you can, I can say that, but like for me to say it to you has no value because if you hold how people feel about you so close to your self-esteem and self-worth, then what I say does not matter, right? You are still more worried about the appearance of it then, you know, like somebody saying, who cares? Well, I care is what you're probably thinking. I care what people think. So what you need to do is figure out why. What is it about how people feel about you that matters so much? Because the truth is, and this is the part that you probably haven't been willing to admit or see, is that you might be worried about like, but yeah, they they trust and have their faith in me. They put their money in, in my business. I need to look like the confident business owner. Like I know what I'm doing. I can't look like I'm unsure or like, you know, all those things that run in your head. None of them are probably valid or true. You know, but this is the thing. My husband was kind of fun to watch as a, his role as a head of commercial lending for a bank. Um, well, I watched him go through like business specialist roles and, um, commercial lender roles and all of his jobs were about schmoozing customers he never took it as such he never tried to schmooze anybody and that's why he was so wildly successful in all his relationships because if you watched what he did he found connection with others he would know this person is like loves cars he would remember that about him he would know this person is a big sports fanatic and remember that detail about him. And when he had an interaction with somebody, he connected on that every time. Like he would talk golf with his golfing guys and cars with the car guys and have something to ask about what's going on in their world in an area because he remembered like his, these, this guy loves his grandkids. Like, so next time I see him, like, what are the grandkids doing? Is it sports season yet? Is it this? Is it that? Like he would remember and engage around that. That's how he built these relationships. And the truth of the matter is we're so worried about how somebody's going to perceive us and let's say if I, if I show up like I am not, all, I don't have it all together. Like I, they think I have it all together. And if they see this, I'm going to look weak. The reality is if they see that vulnerable side of you, it's likely going to be a connection because all of us have had moments like that. Like for my friend who's so worried about what will people think if they find out that my marriage failed, you know what? People might connect with you more because most people don't have this perfect thing that they're putting out there. And when they see your vulner vulnerability around it and your willingness to say, this didn't work out for me and we had to call it quits, that might be a point of connection where they're like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. You know what? I went through this like eight years ago and it was the hardest thing in my life and just like, facing it like it's brave like I'm proud of you and like you're doing this and you're gonna rebuild and you're gonna find better and you know that's probably the conversation that will ensue because that's what I've seen happen time and time again but we're so afraid of people being like oh no way like 
I mean, didn't, didn't you guys try? Did you put in an effort? Like, this is the conversation in our heads that we think is going to be, we're going to be faced with, or people are going to be thinking it, but not saying it to us and judging us and like, oh, what the heck? But you guys were so great. Like, and even some people will say stupid things like that, but that's just out of like surprise and shock because they didn't see that coming because you held it all together and acted like everything was so great for so long. You know, if they actually saw the authentic way in which things were kind of falling apart for a while, maybe they wouldn't be so shocked and say things like that. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like we're worried about so many of the wrong things. What we should be worried about is the fact that let's say she kept on with this marriage, right? And she keeps like just going through the motion. So everybody thinks everything's great and blah, blah, blah. and she keeps moving in that way she's going to be having bad days, right? There'll be days where her and her husband are arguing and she's feeling unloved and unworthy or whatever it is. And that energy she's carrying into now her work day. And now people at work are like, hey, everything okay? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, of course, she's going to put on the face and everything's great. Of course, yeah, yeah. But it feels fake. And people feel that, that inauthenticity. And it seems like a big, lot of syllable word, inauthenticity. I think that's <laughs> inauthentic. You know, they're going to feel that inauthentic nature of that response. And you can feel when someone's energy is off, right? So people are already feeling it. Now you're defending it and they still don't believe it, but they're like, okay. So then they go through things and whatever, but there's just something that's off with Susie, right? Like people know it. And so we think like, oh, we're keeping up appearances, but you're not. And it leaks into everything, into the parent-teacher conferences. It leaks into the, um, you know, into your family get-togethers. And people are kind of noticing that you two are kind of off and it doesn't quite seem right. <laughs> but they don't really know what it is and what is happening here. And like, it's so funny. Like the judgment that we're worried about is like, it's probably already happening anyway. But it's so much better. Like if you come in in a great light, because now you're free of all that, right? Like now you are having your days, be your own again. You're maybe even in like in this person's situation, maybe in a new, exciting relationship where you're happy. Maybe your kids are then happier because they're seeing a happier mom then things start to come off better and then those other relationships get more rich anyway. So the very thing you're afraid of could all just fall into place. If you are still stuck day in and day out at the same monotonous job that doesn't make you feel lit up and excited to go to every day, but there's this calling in the back of your mind to do this thing, but it sounds terrifying and like there's a million steps, you're looking at the mountain range and you're forgetting that one step towards the thing that you're excited about that lights you up is so much more exciting than, you know, this fearful climb aspect and just staring, even if you're just staring at that huge range and you haven't taken any action steps towards it and it's just like this daunting thing, that's awful. Like sitting there looking at a daunting mountain range and knowing you have to climb the whole thing, it makes me think of Saturday mornings knowing I have to take my trash can out into the freezing cold when I don't want to like get out of my warm home. <laughs> That's such a weird analogy. I don't know. It's like the one thing that makes me miserable is like every, and it's so funny because I pay somebody to pick up my trash so I don't have to bring it to the dump. And even the experience of just coming from my garage to the end of my driveway makes me miserable. <laughs> so funny. It sounds so stupid when I say it out loud, but you know what I'm saying? Like the idea of it, I could just sit in my house in my warm, cozy, whatever, by the fire and look at it 
and be like miserable inside because I'm looking at this job before me that I don't want to do and I could just sit there and feel gross about it. <laughs> like, oh, I still have to do that and I got to get out there before the guy shows up at 10 o'clock or whatever it is, right? And I'm still like, I don't want to do it. And sitting in that misery is so much worse than just taking the action step of start, like throwing my jacket on. That wasn't so bad, right? Grabbing the trash wasn't so bad. Rolling it to the end of the driveway took like a minute. Wasn't that bad. Now I'm done the job and it's over with. Do you see what I'm saying? Like it's the idea of like, oh, I don't want to do that. I just want to stay right here cozy with my coffee and whatever. No, don't do that. Stop it. You think you're staying in the comfort zone. You think you're staying in the place where it feels good, but you're actually not because you're still thinking about that daunting thing you really need to do. And it's still haunting you of like, I really should. And if you're still thinking about that job that you really should be going after and starting that fun business you've always wanted to, moving to that location that you've always dreamed of living in, um, you know, finally ending a marriage that's not serving you so that you can step into a new loving relationship. If it's whatever it is, if you are just sitting there and stuck, you're afraid to go outside of your house because it's like, ah, I'm going to be met with all these things that I'm uncomfortable with. But that means you're staying so safe and small and you are not living a life. You're just going through motions in a life that is unfulfilling and stressing out somewhere in the back of your mind, stressing out about the should be what I probably should be doing. And but yeah, I got to keep doing this because everybody's looking at me. Everybody's waiting for me to fall. I got to make sure that I stay on my two feet. You know, everybody expected this to fall apart and I can't let them be right. I need to be right. What the heck kind of messages are these? Stupid. Because you know what? They're holding you back from actually being successful, actually having more success enter your life. Because until you're actually living love, living joy, being authentically happy to your core, not putting on pretenses and pretending you are and acting as if, but actually genuinely happy to your core, you can't attract more happiness and more good stuff, more wealth, more abundance, more success, more um, anything. You can't. You will literally be playing small and so you'll be living small. Your soul will be unfulfilled. You'll be stuck. (laughs) This is the thing. Nobody wants to be stuck. We want to expand. We want to grow. We want to be happy. And I'm not about a 2024 where I say it for another year, but I'm not willing to look at the ugly parts of myself and do the work. And the ugly parts of ourselves, those are the hard things. Those are the hard things to face, right? The things that, I mean, the little steps aren't that big of a deal, right? But really, really having to look at something ugly about yourself and then change it usually comes with an amount of hurt and pain and hard hardship initially. And when you're actually willing to do those things, the other side of that is beautiful. Beautiful every time. But it's like facing those hard, deep truths. I even made the comment this year that I was not going to tolerate people any longer who were just taking more from me than they were willing to reciprocate back. Like I can't keep pouring into people who don't have the time for me, who don't give back to me, who are just sort of sucking from my energy um, and never reciprocating. But saying those words and being ready and willing to cut people free from my life who aren't able maybe to step up. I mean, it's not necessarily about whether they want to or not, but they're not doing it. And then being willing to walk away Do you know how much that hurts? 
Do you know how much that will bring tears and pain before it will bring in opportunity for so much more? The initial part will hurt, most likely. (laughs) I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like, yeah, you will be terrified when you have no paycheck coming in. You will be terrified when you have to sign divorce papers. You will be terrified when you have to cut free somebody who you've loved from your life or take a big move and not know if anything good can come from it, like, or if you could lose everything. These are scary, terrifying steps. But what I'm suggesting here is that that's the only way that you will be able to reap the rewards. So in other words, cutting those people from your life who are not able to pour anything in will create space for new situations, better people around you. Even create space maybe for that person to then be able to step forward. Because you keep coming forward, they don't have the opportunity to come towards you. They're just backing up, right? You're scaring them off. So sometimes by cutting them free, now there's space around you, right? There is space around them. And sometimes that actually allows people to grow. That allows for that expansion. And then even somebody who you thought you had to cut free from your life might actually come forward and step up. But you won't know until you actually take the step, the scary step of saying, you know what, enough. It's enough. Um, And so I have been blessed to watch a lot of people around me taking these bold, brave steps. And I just want to take a quick second and commend all of you who have done that recently. I see you. I see what you're doing. I know how hard it is. I just had a woman yesterday tell me in our Facebook group that she just went out on her first date after having lost her husband. And, you know, she really loved this person. Loved is not the word she used, but like she was excited about him. But um, she had to make a choice that she put her religion first and they weren't Christian. And for her, that was just a choice that like it didn't, it didn't add up. But she bravely went out there to see. And now who knows, by her putting that boundary down and saying, that's not for me, now the universe can probably provide her with exactly what she wants in somebody who is a Christian. And it will be a match. But if she just went along with it because it seemed easy, I did, you know, I didn't want to like start over again, then you know what? She's not available for that next better thing. So I just, I see every one of you who are taking these brave steps and doing these things. And I like want to make sure that I I can't take the time to like commend all of you because there's so many members in there that are doing amazing things every day. But you know, it all deserves to be, um, you know, applauded. (laughs) I see you. So keep doing it guys. Um, be brave. Take those brave, bold steps. Remember, this is not mental health advice. This is just me talking and and trying to empower you and encourage you to just not be afraid of that mountain range. Take that tiny step. Get out of the hole. Maybe start there, you know, but don't, don't be so afraid of the end goal. Just start taking a step towards it. That's all. And then it'll be a little less terrifying and you'll find yourself there. Don't worry. We'll be applauding you in no time. So I already applaud you just for being brave enough to even you know, face the step that you need to take. So just a little bit each day and you'll get there. All right, guys, thanks again for joining this week. And I hopefully we'll see you again next week. Don't forget to like and subscribe and follow. Bye, everybody.